But welcome back. We are back. Episode 21. Excited to be here. Um, we got a fun episode. We, uh, we're talking about um, the weight of people and I guess to build some context for everybody. Adrian has a, what do you call that? A weight, weight vest? Mm-hmm. Weighted vest? Yeah. And he made me try it on. And uh, actually, you can tell the story of like the meaning of it, but uh, just to set context. So I started walking around with it on and then Adrian told me the purpose of me wearing it, which was? Um, so I guess back in March, I started exercising more, something that you've been really influential in, you know. A couple of years ago, you part of what started our friendship was you saying, hey, man, you want to come work out of my garage? So I went and worked out with you. And we did that for a while. And then I, I wasn't consistent, and we did it off and on. Um, but in January, um, I just didn't feel good. So started walking, and it helped a little bit, but didn't do too much. Then March, I decided to do something drastic and started exercising a little more hardcore. And... In March, yeah, March. So I've been exercising, I guess, about six times a day or six times a week. <laughs> six times a day. Yeah, six times a week, pretty consistently, like since March. And I feel better and it's great. And I've dropped a bunch of weight, I think. When I started, I was like at about 315. And now I'm at about 265. That's incredible, dude. Um, but I'm still working on my running and walking. But I've noticed that when I go run and walk, it's not as hard as it used to be, obviously, because I have a lot less weight. So I thought, okay, I, I want to get a weight vest to kind of compensate and make the walk and the walk slash jog more of a workout. So I went and picked up a, a weight vest that has like adjustable weights. And I went and did like a two mile walk this morning, walk slash jog um, with 20 pounds in the vest. And I had to just pause for a minute. Cause I could feel that 20 pounds. Mm. I felt it for that whole walk and it was, it was frustrating. And I felt like kind of a low key ticked off. Cause it's like, like every move I made, I was kind of, I could feel the weight of it. Yeah. And then um, as I'm walking, it occurs to me that I was carrying twice over twice that much weight five months ago. That's wild. So, I'm just letting that soak in all day. And I thought, I got to show Alex. I got to show him and just show him what this feels like. So as soon as you walked in, I'm like, check this out, dude. So put this on and I have, there's 20, 20 pounds on the vest. So I had you put it on with the 20 pounds. It's like, hey, how does that feel? And you could feel. Oh, heavy. That weight. Um, but I think it would be hard for you to understand what it's like to carry that much weight. Mm-hmm. Because you don't. Like, our reference point is our own body. Nope. So when you put that on, I saw the look on your face. It's like, that, that's heavy. Yeah. And then you mentioned, well, what if you went up the stairs? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what if you tried to jog? What if you started, you know, if you hadn't exercised and you started exercising with that much, with twice that much weight on, yeah. how difficult that would be. And as we were, you know, I was just showing you that and we were talking about it. Another thing I'd been thinking about with that weight is, in a spiritual application, it made me think 
we don't know the weight of others' burdens. Um, this is physical weight, and this is, you know, I've experienced this weight loss. I can put it on you, and you know what, know what it feels like. But the same way that you couldn't understand what that weight felt like until you put it on. Right. And then when you put it on, you felt the discomfort and just, this doesn't feel good. Yep. Um, it hits you different than if I say, oh, I feel heavy. It, it also reminded me of that moment. <clears throat> we were doing pull-ups and I think it was like one of the first a few times that we were doing pull-ups in, in my garage gym. And Adrian was like, I, I can't do a pull-up, but I can hang. And one of the responses that he had was like, my fingers feel like they're going to pop at a joint. And I couldn't get it. Like mentally, I could not process it. And this is, this is a good visualization for me for the future as we dream. Um, until I put that on. And then I, rem- I was reminded of that moment because I thought about what if I was hanging on a bar with double this weight because that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And thinking about the stress that your body was going through in that moment. And for me, I was just thinking, pick, you know, the, the old saying, pick yeah. up the bar. Yeah. Jump up, do it. It's not that easy. And the realization that I had in this moment is the amount of compassion that I need to have and grace and mercy on people because they're not at the same stage as me looking back, putting that weight on. It's that exact, that's, that's what it's teaching me going through this process with this weight and not having it now and having had it before. Um, it's giving me even a greater compassion for those around me because I don't know the weight that they're carrying. I don't know the weight of their situation. And just like, I loved it because you would encourage me. You're like, come on, man. Don't, don't just stare at that bar, like pick up the, and the thing is that that's necessary. That's a good thing for you to do. Yeah. But it's also important that there's compassion behind it. Yeah. Like, like you could say the same thing, but if if the heart behind it one way is like, okay, I understand this is hard, but that's not that's not a reason that you shouldn't do it. Like yeah. you still got to still pick up the bar, still do that. Right. But when there's a tenderness in that delivery, because it's like, damn, dude, that's that's got to be tough. You know, I thought about as you were just saying that the amount of effort that somebody has put out already to get to the place that they're currently in is huge when you think about it from that perspective. Because, and I've heard people say like, I don't have it in me to go an extra mile or an even an extra foot. I can't take another step. And in your thought process, you're like, it's just one more thing. But if they've walked a mile, two, five, 10, you know, hypothetically speaking, yeah. with that much weight, it's something to, to applaud because you've endured and you've conquered that much further in your life. But the reality is they're still carrying that weight. Heavy to think about. One of the thoughts going through my head today as I was putting this vest on, and it was awkward because it's kind of heavy, and I used it for the first time, I think the second time today I was putting it on. Um, I thought about the struggles that other people deal with, like the emotional struggles, the relational struggles, the mental health struggles. Um, oh, man. And like, if I have, if I, if I know somebody or if I know somebody that's going through something difficult, 
this doesn't mean that I'm not going to encourage them and continue pushing them forward so that they get unstuck. But how I do that, it's going to be like tenderly with, with gentle hands and not the end of a foot. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And well, maybe sometimes that's needed, but it's like just having an awareness that like, I don't, I may not understand how difficult it is for that person to get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know how hard it is. Yeah. I don't know how hard it is for that person um, just to function on a given day. Yeah. And again, this is why relationship and being close with people is so important so that you can come to understand. And, you know, that one of the things that we always talk about is I love being close enough to people to see the, the brushstrokes and fingerprints of God on them. But the other thing is when you're that close, you also see the scars and the trauma and the woundedness and all the brokenness. You see that stuff too. But I think being close when you see that stuff, when you see the brokenness and you see the beauty and the broken, I think that's what helps us see them the way Jesus sees them. So good. And that's what helps us walk with them in a way that says, yes, you've got a struggle. Yes, you've gotten some, you've got some things that you're struggling with, but there's also, you are, you are also fearfully and wonderfully made. You also bear, you know, purpose. You also bear his fingerprints and brushstrokes on your spirit. So there's much more in you than those scars, than those wounds, than that fear, than that anxiety, than whatever that thing is. But I don't think we see those two things. I don't see, I I feel like it's hard for us to see the beauty and the broken until we get up close. I was thinking about, I went to El Paso like a month ago with my dad to go visit my grandfather, my the only grandparent that I have left alive. And we went to this museum, art museum in El Paso. And there was one painting um, that like is just kind of that I'm recollecting on. As I was staring at it, I could see the the... the texture of the the fabric of the actual canvas. Mm-hmm. But what was wild to me is I couldn't see the brush strokes. And I was like, man, this painter was that good that I can't tell that it was painted. Mm-hmm. And I thought about when you're that close to somebody, putting it in the context of relationship, you can see all the cracks and dysfunction and the ugly or you can see the beauty of the finished product. You see both. Right. And then and what do you do with that? Like, you, you see both. Yeah, ponder it. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's uh, as I think about it from an art perspective, like, you know, there's so many contextual ideas that can come from that. But the, but the truth is, well, the reality is, it's very difficult, even when you see it from, that perspective to understand where they've walked. Yeah. And that's why you, you try to get to know them. You spend time, you have an interest in, in, in the person Mm -hmm. and you get more context and you learn more and you, you help you. It helps you to understand more. If you, if you're present with them and you actually start walking with them Yeah, and you start, seeing you start 
putting the beauty and the broken in the context of their lives and understanding as much as you can, because we can't fully understand. But when we walk with each other, we have a better chance of understanding. And that's the other thing that, you know, we're talking about being close enough to see those two things. And I think when you're close enough to see the beauty and the broken at first, it may startle you. You may think, oh, this is a contradiction. Like, how can they be this and also this? But then I think for me, what settles in is like, well, that's how I am too. Like, there's beauty and brokenness in me. That's how we all are. It's hard to not pay attention when you felt the weight that others have carried. I was talking to my buddy today and we were talking about dating. <clears throat> and when we're ta- when you think about relationship and walking into a new relationship, it's really scary because you don't want your old behaviors or you don't want the same thing that you've had in the past to be a repeat. And I was telling him, you know, one of the things that I had to step into as I looked into the future of dating, which is, I don't know what I don't know. I don't know what's going to trigger me. I don't know what's going to happen when certain conversations come up or things, you know, and, um, and it can be really daunting to think about and it can cause someone to not just want to deal with those things and clam up and not do relationship. And that's so difficult because we're as humans, we're built to have relationship. We're built to, to be in community and it's messy and um, it's beautiful and it's dirty all at the same time. I, I love the way Martin put it at breakfast that one day. People are, are beautiful and tragic all at the same time. The tragedy is a part of their story that they can tell that they've walked through and have formed into what you see in that moment, the strength the ability to be able to speak about those things and the learnings that you can gain, gain off of those people is amazing. I, I mean, I have learned more from people just by walking with them mm-hmm. than creating a facade of relationship. So at this point, we, we throw the word relationship around a lot. We talk a lot about it. Um, but for anybody listening, Alex and I spend a lot of time together too, mm-hmm. not just talking. And there's people that Alex walks with. There's people that I walk with. We're involved in, you know, we have friends that God surrounded us with that we walk with, that walk with us. And I say that because <clears throat> I would caution anyone who, who understands that relationship is important to not think that just talking about it is doing it. Because <laughs> we talk about it a lot. We do. But there's this thing that happens with us as humans too, is like we talk about a certain thing a lot. We talk about a problem. It's like, okay, this is how, what we should do. And we talk about it. We mull over. We feel really good. We get that warm, fuzzy, that warm, fuzzy feeling. We feel kind of like this sense of, you know, awareness. And it's like, yeah, that's relationship is important. But we 
talk about it, we're not actually doing it. Mm-hmm. And I heard the term this past week. It was in the self-help space. It was interesting. Um, this, this guy said, um, yeah, the problem is with, with self-help stuff is there's, there's a lot of good principles in there, but a lot of people, they read a lot of books, mm-hmm. um, but they don't implement the, the, the principles. Yep. So it, it goes from being self-help to shelf-help. Mm. Mm. It's all this stuff that we learn, but it just sits on the shelf. Yeah. So like all the stuff we talk about walking with people, being challenged, challenging others, comforting, being aware, being sensitive, being interested, being concerned about those around us. Like these are all just words until we start doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's the caution is we can't just talk about it. The question I would have for people are you close enough to people that they will call out that you're not living it out? I, I think about my past relationship with my ex-wife. There was a moment in our relationship where she said, you're good at spewing a lot of the information out, but you're not living it. Bro, <laughs> let me tell you, like, as I think about that, that's kind of the reason, one of the, one of the reasons why that kind of forced me into making sure that there's action behind my words. Because I talked to you about that. I remember we were sitting in the garage having that conversation and you were like, you gave me all these applications because I was like, I don't know how to apply this, bro. Like I'm, I know all these things. Pharisee. I didn't, I didn't call you a Pharisee. No, I'm calling myself a Pharisee because that's what I was. But I remember that conversation. I remember that list. And I remember what I said was Jesus loves her. Mm Mm-hmm. How would Jesus express his love for her? Mm-hmm. And you wrote a list down. Yeah. And when you're like, well, if I don't talk, what do I do? I'm like, there's a list. Yeah. All those things, like you can be his hands and feet. You can be expressions of his love for her. And we can do that with others too. And, and again, I, I, I don't know why I hear this, but I hear this every now and then. It's like, I, you know, as a church, we want to love people well, but we, we don't always know how. Like read the love chapter in Corinthians. It's not, it's not rocket science. Like just be kind to somebody. Don't do it from a superficial, superficial level either, where it's just a checklist. Cause I've done that too. Yeah. We, we like check, checklists because we can measure them and feel proud of ourselves for having checked things off of a list. Yeah. At a certain point, like I think when we're, we're at our most healthy in following Jesus. I think we're doing it. We're not really thinking about it. It's just coming out. Yeah. It's Luke six forty five. A good man bring forth, brings forth good things out of the goodness stored up in his heart. It's like the time you spend with Jesus, the time you spend in the word, the time you spend with friends, the time you spend in worship. It's like those things that are transforming you such that your behavior, it's no longer, um, I'm going to, do these things because this is what the word says. No, it's like the word becomes flesh. It becomes a part of who you are and how you respond to others around you. Because now it's, I I love, I heard a, I heard it put this way. You know, we always hear, you know, in messages or you hear things, it takes a while for the information to drop from our head to our heart. Right. Mm -hmm. I get that. But I heard like a, an expanded version of that. It's got to go from our head to our heart to our hands. Man. 
We are the hands and the feet of, you know, yes. Oh my goodness. It's if it stops at the heart, like you, you feel it, you have this warm fuzzy, but it's got to make it all the way to our hands to where we're, we're doing something. I swear. I called this out a few weeks ago. I feel like this next season of my life is say less, do more. That episode was more about what I feel like God is doing actually in all our lives. Cause I feel like it's just a. <laughs> and it feels kind of funny to me because I, tr- I truly believe that we believe that say less, do more. We do a podcast where we talk for about an hour. It's still okay. Yeah. But again, it's like, it just, there's this kind of weird irony. Like we're talking yeah. about it, but then we, we, the thing I like about us talking about it is that we hold each other accountable. Yeah. Like, oh, dude. okay, we talked about it. Hey, um, I, I saw you behaving in a way that it's not what we talked about. <laughs> like you talked a good game, but bro, I'm not seeing you. You are, you're just, you're just fronting with all the stuff, all the talk and stuff. It's like, you're not actually doing it. And I think when we're doing it at our, at our best, at, at when we're truly just living lives that are informed and influenced by the person of Jesus, it's like that flow state that you hear about. You just, you do it. Yeah. You're not, you hear musicians talk about it all the time. Like they work on a lick or they work on a run or something and they think about it and they think about the timing. They think about the dynamics. They think, think about the technique and the mechanics and they work on it, work on it, work on it, work on it. And at a certain point, now I've just become the music. Yeah. It's not, it's not technique or mechanics. It's like the difference between um, being a, an accomplished musician who can read music. It's the difference between looking at a sheet of music mm-hmm. oh. and playing it. Yeah. Oh. Because when you play it, yeah. I can look at it and think, oh, that passage is amazing. Look at the structure right there. Oh, look at this repeat. Look at this theme that's emerging. I can analyze the music. I can analyze the, you know, the 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 beauty and the structure of the music. Yeah. And look at the notes and admire the construction and all of that. But when you hear a string section play like a beautiful piece of music, there is stuff that you feel that you would never feel looking at the music on paper. 100%. I think the same thing applies to God's word. Yeah. We can read it, but there are things that we're going to feel when we live it that Dude. we would never feel if we just read it. I was talking to Stu on Sunday at church. It was a service that started and I went to get more coffee and we had a, just a quick conversation about uh, publications. And I was telling him how I've, I've been, opening up my physical Bible and reading it. And there's something so profound about holding a Bible in your hand and underlining words. Because for me, it's really easy. I don't don't know about anybody else, but I'm just going to speak for me. It's really easy for me to forget what I've read when it's on my phone. And I think it's because I'm so inundated with this, but having a physical Bible, whether you're moving the pages and you're underlining things, gets here into my brain. And then throughout the day, I start seeing it flow out of me because I'm like, oh man, God just literally told me that this morning through Jeremiah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh Lord. Yeah. This is a moment where I could like love somebody well, because this is what you called me to do. Obey. 
And it's, it's wild to think about how something so simple is holding a physical Bible, a book, or the book, and it impacting that, that much. And it's weird. I don't know what it is. And, you know, I, I was talking to Stu about it. He was like, actually, Dave Ramsey talked about this. There's something really heavy about holding something in your hand. Yeah, you talk to people that, that take notes and people that are very um, good creatives or very successful creatives and people that are very accomplished in, in different fields. And one thing that a lot of them have in common is physical notepads. Like they literally write something down on a notepad. And, I, and I've seen this. There have been some really incredible people that I've met who are very high performers in their respective fields. And a lot of them, they have this little notepad. They're writing down ideas. Yep. They have, they're like a pen and a little notepad writing it physically on a piece. There's something about that tactile, that tactile feel and engaging those senses, I think. Yeah. When you have the ideas, you know, um, you have these ideations and these ideas going through your head and engaging this tactile, physical sense at the same time, I think, causes something to fire differently. Yeah, but I think going back to what you were saying, to, to tie it back to what you were saying, there's, when you're looking at God's word in the same way, like holding it did something for me that was different than reading it on my phone. And I'm going through the, the same process. It's just impacting me differently. And it's, it's really awesome to see that play out in my life as I look to make his word application because it's not about, and I told him, I going back to a, a, about a month ago, I had a conversation with a friend. They were, they were talking to me about struggling about reading scripture. And they're like, I used to read it so much. And then work is just so busy that I, you know, I wake up and I head straight to work and I'm at work until six or seven. I get home, feed my family and I'm back working until like midnight. And they're like, and I'm so stressed and all these things. And, um, and one of the things that I told her is, well, reading the word is really important, but God didn't call us to sit in a room and study scripture just to study it. He wants relationship with you. And it's far more important for you to sit and pray. And it's, yes, it is important to get the word in you, but I think he would rather you sit with him and lean into him through prayer and let him pour into you in that way and through others in community, then setting the expectation that like you need to read a hundred verses in a day. Cause I think in her mind, she had all these like grand ideas of like reading scripture and, and it in some way it was kind of like the connection point to him, which it is. There's a piece of that, but Jesus, he, how many times was he sitting there in the temple reading the word? He may have been, but the Gospels don't highlight that a lot. Mm -mm. The only time that they talk about it is when he was younger. Yeah, and we've, we've talked about this before, that it, Jesus wasn't, when I look at the Gospels, I don't see a lot of incidents of um, him spitting Scripture at people. Most of the time when he's quoting Scripture, it seems like, He's addressing the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious leaders. The rest of the time, 
I think he was busy about the business of living scripture, being the living embodiment of scripture. Because it goes back to what we just said about relationship. We can talk about it or we can do it uh-huh. or both. Right. But if we're not doing it, we're just blowing hot air. Yep. So, and when you, you mentioned the thing about this person reading a lot of scriptures and stuff, this is a conversation we've had a couple of, for a couple of years now. Um, I think we need to, to ask God to guide us through scripture and to ask the Holy Spirit for enlightenment and clarity because I, I feel that we consume too much scripture. I'll put it this way. My opinion. We read the Bible too much and we live it too little. Yep. And one of the, the analogies we've used when we've talked before is food and metabolizing food. When I eat something, it takes my body time to break down the nutrients in whatever that food source is. It takes time to break it down into its component parts, into its nutritional components. And it takes time for those nutritional components, for my body to take those and use them to restore and rebuild and heal and energize my body. I don't just put you know, a piece of food in my mouth and it happens instantly. And I, I feel that when we consume the word, it's the same thing. Like when we consume the word, are we giving it time to metabolize in our hearts and our spirits? Or I feel more often than not, we consume and consume and consume and consume. It's like, yeah, but did did we give it time to, or are we pulling up to the buffet, stuffing our face until lunch tomorrow Mm -hmm. or lunch next week? Yep. Stuffing our face again and not really getting healthier or growing because like we had in the discussion with Martin, me and him were in agreement. We, we kind of agreed there's some verses you could sit on for years. Yep. It doesn't mean you don't read anything else, but some of them like, man, it's going to take a lifetime to walk that out. Galatians five. (laughs) Right now we're going through James. Yeah. Oh, James. It's that first chapter. (laughs) So, you know, when we, when we jump from, yeah. from one thing to another, to another, to another, to another, and maybe this is provocative or controversial, but it's like, do we keep going to a new series because we mastered the last one? Mm-hmm. Did we get that last series down or did we get it down? Or were we ready to move on? Mm-hmm. Or are we moving on because we're consumers and we want something new and shiny and novel? Because our attention span is, we've gotten bored of the last topic. The last chapter. And I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I know my feeling on it. Right. But I think every congregation, every church family, it's, that's something that we need to kind of examine and say, okay, when we're, when we're going through Scripture, what is setting the pace that, we're, that we use to go through the Scripture? Yeah. And is anything, you know, are we factoring in, hey, did I metabolize that already? Or did I just follow that, you know, did I just finish that third slice of pizza and I'm, 
I'm going back to the buffet bar to get some more. Putting, putting in the context of nutrition, like food is nutrition for the body to perform. Perform being the key word. We consume food because it helps us to perform, because it heals, because it restores, because it gives us the fuel that we need to act. Yep. So what happens when you consume but don't act? You get fat. You do. I remember um, I felt convicted one time. The church we went to before, we had one of the best teachers ever. Like, he's easily one of the best teachers I've ever sat under. Incredible teacher. And at a certain point, like, the teaching was good every week. Like, very profound, very powerful. And I wasn't always walking it out. And it, there was so much good teaching that it was it would be hard or impossible to walk it all out. And at one point I told Paula, I said, I feel like we're just a bunch of sheep getting fat in the pasture. <laughs> we're just grazing. We love it. We love it here. Like the grass is green. We get to eat this beautiful, green, tasty grass every week. And we just keep getting fatter and fatter and fatter. And it's like, and we're not performing and doing, we're not allowing it to transform us and do as much as we should be doing based on how much is coming in to us. I think that's one of the reasons I have such a hard time with the prosperity gospel because it's it's really easy for people to move on quickly because the next thing is sweeter and better and it feeds our need and it feeds our ego and it feeds all these things. This is my opinion, but it feeds all these things that are not what the word was intended to. Yeah, I don't think we should treat the Bible like iOS updates. Mm-hmm. I got to get that new update because it's going to be faster. It's going to be better. You know, it's like, oh, we're going to get shiny new features. Uh, the gospel and the Bible ain't changed. Dude, I'm going to go back to a quote that you said this past week or last. It was, no, it was on Wednesday or no, last week. We write checks that we bounce. <laughs> our behavior doesn't match our mouth. Yes. That's my thing. Our behavior doesn't match our mouth, but you you said we write we write checks that that we bounce. I forgot about that. That's I mean that's the truth, man. Yeah. We don't use God's word to 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 feed us in the way that we do. So just write, write fewer checks and pay cash. That's right. And what that looks like is say less, do more. Do more. My buddy Robert would actually love to hear this episode because he does not have a debit, or he has a debit card to only pull out cash, and he only uses cash. <laughs> and I think it's the weirdest thing. I'm like, bro, just use your card. He's like, no. He's using cash everywhere? Everywhere. Like, literally, like, he has to stop at the bank and get money out for the day. And I think it's the oddest thing. In the, I'm like, dude, we live in 2023. Everywhere takes cards, or you can use Apple Pay. Like you're going to the simple. cashier, paying with your watch, and he's pulling out like a, a money clip. Yeah, like, hold up. How much is it? I think I got the change. All right, eighty year old man. I give him crap for it all the time. I think it. I think it's the weirdest thing, but I get it. I get why he does it, and like kudos to him. And I love that he's like dedicated. Um, but yeah. Yeah, write, write, write less checks and 
use more money. Okay, completely random thought, just because my brain's, I saw something shiny. You said kudos to him, and it made me think of, a, I heard a new word, a culinary term, crudo, oh, which, yeah. is, which is some kind of yeah. it's Italian. Like a paste. No, no. Isn't it? No, it's, it, it's Italian sushi, essentially. Oh. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And I heard it. Yes. I heard them say crudo. Yeah. And then it occurred to me. Crudo. Exactly. <laughs> it's like we were we were on the same page. Of course, crudo, which in in Spanish means raw. So in Italian, like if you say crudo, uh, so when you said kudos, it set me off on that. Which is another book that I'm I'm currently in the middle of right now that has to do with the uh, ordering and culinary practices. There's a, I guess in in the culinary world, there's something called mise en place. And mise en place is an order and system of doing things in a very structured, orderly, sequential fashion. Um, but that's where I heard the crudo thing. Yeah. Oh, no, don't tell me about this because I'm too, uh, I'll get lost in that. Dude, it's a, it's a great book. The book's called Working Clean. Amazing book by an author named Dan Charnas. Uh, starts off with him at the CIA, the Culinary Institute of America. It, it's, yeah, it's a very, very interesting, very, very cool book. Anyway, I'm sorry, went off on a tangent. Well, you know, look, one of the things I think I've been, I've been learning. So I've been reading this book called The Lean Startup. And a lot of this is just as a co-founder of a startup, like I'm trying to find, just get as much information that I can as we continue to build our business with a new product. And one of the things, the themes that I feel like is playing out in my life, and this, this ties to what we're talking about, doing le- or saying less and doing more, which is learning. And uh, the, way they, the way that they put it in the book is um, validated learning. And basically you take, the idea is you take every single situation as a learning experience and you take it as, a, as an experiment, right? And so one of the things that I've been thinking is how can I apply this not just to business, but to life? Like what is something that I could be doing and the, the number one thing that I think of is just being curious about people. Thinking of them as, a, as an opportunity to learn from them. Not to take from them. To learn about them is huge. Because I'll tell you what. This, the, so I've been doing Instacart for the past like month. Like for real, for real. And uh, yesterday I was at H-E-B doing an order and the girl that was cashing me out, she was like in her 20s. And she, you could tell she was like done for the day. And I could see it. I saw her. And she looked up at me and I was like, how are you doing? And she stopped. She just looks at me and she goes, I'm so ready for this day to be done. And I was like, I feel you. And I was like, how come? And then she just laid it all out. And I just sat there and I just listened. And, uh, and I was like, well, when do you get off? She's like, 30 minutes. And I was like, well, in 30 minutes, you got an opportunity to live out something great. And she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, you never know what somebody needs that's in this line. Maybe you just need to smile at somebody. And I wasn't saying that like in a judgmental way, like, hey, smile, girl. It wasn't nothing like that. I just wanted to encourage her. Like, you've got 30 more minutes to do something cool to somebody's life. 
And she goes, huh? She goes, I literally heard somebody on a podcast talk about you make whatever you want out of the situation that you have. And she goes, this is a great opportunity for me to use that. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, you have a good rest of your day. And then I, you know, I cashed out and left. I don't know what happened after that. Hopefully like something really cool happened. But the moral of the story is I saw her and I asked her. And because of that, she laid out a laundry list of things. wasn't expecting it. I thought she was just going to be like, oh, whatever. It's cool. I'm fine. Bye. Next customer. Nope. She wanted to lay out whatever she was feeling in that moment. And I thought it was really awesome. Learning something as simple. Validate learning from this book. Just see people. Walking out the gospel of Jesus begins with the person standing right in front of you. So good. Like, do we see them? Do we even care to see them? If we don't, why not? Not complicated. It's not. <laughs> well, it, it is a little complicated because it has to do with the state of your heart. Right. An application it can be. It's like if your heart is postured that way, that's why we don't do it. And all of a sudden I went off on another tangent because now I'm thinking of a quote from, oh, brother, where art thou? Um, it's a fool that looks for logic in the chambers of the human heart. <laughs> I don't even know why that quote stuck with me. That's good, though. <laughs> he stole from my kid. <laughs> he didn't know it at the time. That's a fool that looks for logic in the chambers of the human heart. Okay. Yeah, but if the posture of our heart changes... Out of that flows everything else. Our behavior changes. So again, that thing I heard recently, head to the heart, to the hands. So how about that's an action item for this week? Yeah, that's great. Read something like in the word and take it from your head to your heart, to your hands. Yeah. And journal it. Journal that process. Journal, journal how, how what you read went from your head to your heart. And then journal how it went from your heart to your hands. That's so good. I love that. All right, guys. That's the episode for today. We hope you are blessed. We hope that you go and bless others. Until next time. Later, y'all. Be blessed. Bye.